Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. So this scripture is one of those scriptures. You know the ones where you're like, why is that in there? Or I'm just going to skip over that one. Or that one's a little too challenging. We're going to go there today. So are you with me? So if you've got your Bible, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 7. This is Jesus speaking. (laughs) Matthew 7. And we're going to go and read from verses 21 to 23. If you've got a Bible like mine, you'll find it on page 776. I was hoping it would be 777. It might make it a little easier. But... uh, (laughs) It says this, and I want you to capture the words of Jesus. He is speaking to people like you and I, and I believe he wants to speak this today. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Now, we don't have a whole lot of time to go there today, but there is... The reality for every human being that any one of us that says, Lord, I choose you. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, Book of Romans says, that you are my Lord. Every single one of us is saved. We are in heaven. But Jesus is making the point that there is a second reality that comes post that decision. What you and I do with the faith we confess. And so this is where he goes a little deeper in verse 22 and he says, everyone read these words, I don't know if they're on the screen. On, say, judgment day. Yeah, it's really hard to say, I know. Don't worry, we'll get there, trust me. This is gonna be a good day, not a bad day, okay? Jesus again speaking, I want you to remember on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, it was us that prophesied in your name. We even cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. And Jesus really gets the brutality going. And he says, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. (laughs) You who break God's law. Let's pray. We need prayer. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you you went all the way and you created an example for us to follow. And I pray in this moment, whether it's our first time here or like me, we've grown up in church, I pray that your word would speak to us. I thank you and I declare as your word declares, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But as we go on this journey of becoming followers of you and creating followers of you, I pray that you would help lead and guide us into all truth. I pray it wouldn't just be another message I preach or another message we hear, not just another calendar appointment we tick off in our week, but you would speak so clearly to us. We want you to be our shepherd. We give you permission to speak into our lives and we pray that you'd have your way in and through our lives today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. amen. I don't know if you've ever had this moment as a parent that I've had and I'm continuing to have, and maybe when I was a child, I was a part of it on the other end, but this moment when you ask your child to do something and their confession is yes, but for some strange reason, their conduct says no thanks or not really. You know what I'm talking about? A couple of weeks ago, I got uh, a text from my wife who was out doing a bunch of errands and she said, can you please make sure, and this Child will remain nameless, but she's the oldest. (laughs) So can you please make sure 
that the washing moves from the washing machine to the dryer because not that I'm a professional washing machiner, I'm on the journey of learning that, but if it sits there too long, you need to wash it again. And so Missy had texted me saying, could you get Ruby to change the wash over? And I was like, you beauty, yeah, I can do that. I'll watch sport and I'll tell Ruby to do it gladly. But I said to Ruby, who by nature has a lot of things on the go. She's the child that keeps starting things and not finishing them. She's the child that plays one thing and then plays the next thing, plays the next thing, but they're still all out and around. It doesn't matter what else is going on. She just needs something to be happening. It's awesome. But I said, Ruby, can you please put the washing in the dryer? And she said, no worries, Dad, I'll do it. 20 minutes goes by, not done. Another 20 minutes goes by after a second call, Ruby, you haven't done the washing. Oh, sorry, Dad, yeah, I'll do it now. And as I came around the corner to have a look in the laundry, I saw the door open to the washing machine and I thought, you ripper. She's listened, only to discover she got that close (laughs) and got distracted and it didn't get out of the washing machine. Ruby, get back here now. I'm gonna stand here until you do it. You know what I mean? Any parent out there? Yeah, yeah, you're feeling feeling the love, I'm feeling the love here. She was distracted by other things that her confession was yes, but her conduct was not now, was not really, was no, this is not important to me. And this is why Jesus is making the point. It's not enough that we have just a faith of confession, but we now must move our belief and follow and pair our confession with our conduct. See, he's making the point that we can be so easily in this day and age ready to say yes with confession. I believe in Jesus. But if we're honest, we know where our conduct's at. And this is where the enemy can get in because he says, I've got you. You need to feel shame. You need to feel guilt. You need to feel condemnation. And then we never move forward or align our conduct. And I've discovered in my own life as I'm learning to follow Jesus that I will make mistakes. What I do at that point of coming back to confession matters and then aligning my conduct so that those mistakes don't happen the same way again. Jesus is making the point here, I believe, it's not just enough to say, hey Jesus, I believe in you. We must now through obedience, let our conduct confirm what we believe. This is why I love water baptism. Such a special time because people who have had a decision take place inside are saying publicly, Jesus isn't just a good idea and he's not just for me, but he's the real deal and I wanna let people know. When you know Jesus for yourself, you can't help but live in a way that follows Jesus. And in the following of him, you gain confidence, I gain confidence because our con- conduct aligns with our confession. Yeah. And now people don't need to be preached at in our workplaces. Yeah. People don't need to be preached at in our high schools. Yeah. People don't need to be preached at in universities. Yeah. They say, there's something about you. Yeah. And I wanna know what it is because yeah. it's attractive. It seems peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like even though you don't have it all together, like none of us do, there is a difference yeah. going on. When conduct backs up confession, we start to see the reality of Jesus becoming other people's realities through our lives. But if you're like me, I read a scripture like this and I think, this is brutal. 
What happened to the nice Jesus? The baby in a manger Jesus. The Jesus that did all the miracles. The Jesus that we like to praise and talk about and model our lives after, but he is making a point. You can have belief and enter heaven, but if you're not careful, what you do with that belief on here on earth will have a consequence in our eternity. See, we can truthfully say the right things and even believe the right things, but miss out <laughs> on the very conversion every single day Jesus wants to have with you and with me. This is why it was a challenge for Christians around the world when Uncle COVID entered the scene. <laughs> because Christians that had a faith based on an environment, or let's call it a corporate faith, were the ones that found it the hardest to navigate where is God in this. But I discovered that people who were in groups that were doing life with one another that had a personal faith and a conduct that aligned, even though it was annoying, even though it was frustrating, even though it was disappointing we couldn't gather, the faith didn't waver because it was not just I believe in Jesus, it was I believe Jesus and my life shows that. So let's read it again. Not everyone, verse 21 says, calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will actually enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Well, we don't have time to go into the detail of God's will for every single individual's life, but I would say this is God's will for your life. That firstly, we would believe in Christ. Secondly, every single day we would repent of our sin that we would make every effort every day to live a holy life and that we would love one another. That we would believe in Jesus, we would repent of our sin, we would live a holy life and we would love one another. Could it be, and this is where it might get a little bit quiet for a moment, <laughs> that we could, Jesus speaking, Luke de Jong paraphrasing, we could help others with our lives, we could help them get to heaven and we miss out on it and what God has for us at the same time. The answer is yes, because there's a guy in the Bible by the name of Judas. If you know Judas's life, you'll know that he was one of the disciples. He was there praying, prophesying, declaring in the name of Jesus. He was there walking, following doing what Jesus did. Yeah. He was there, yet when it came to the point of where it really mattered, he wasn't there. Yeah. Why was that? Because there's a very real difference between a faith that is just confession. Yeah. 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 That doesn't go beyond that to a faith that is both confession followed up by conduct. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why the word judgment tag is hard to say because we all know where we live. No one in this room knows the state of your heart like you do. God does, and God's okay with where you're at right now. But the truth is you know you better than anyone else in this room. Even if you've maybe been married for like 75 years as Pastor Tony and Kath have. <laughs> the truth is we all know ourselves better than anyone else knows us. And so this is where we, if we're not careful, Read things like on judgment day and we disqualify ourselves because it's like, ooh, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. 
actually what Jesus is saying and what we're going to discover is that day is for you and I, Christ followers, celebration day. That's the day where everything changes. That's the day we enter into eternity. That's the day where we see Jesus face to face. That's the day that changes it all and you and I end up as believers in Him where we were already designed to live. So verse 22 and 23 says, as we read, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. See, the judgment day title from an Old Testament concept was known as the day of the Lord. It was the day where God would come to rescue the faithful and judge the oppressors. Jesus in the New Testament backs it up and in his teaching He reminds you and I, it's the day where he will come and he will judge everyone for their response to him. The truth is grace, Jesus, is more than enough for you and I to enter heaven and we don't even have to perform any miracles to get there. But Jesus is saying you could perform every miracle under the sun in his name and not have grace, not have Jesus, and you miss out. This is the tension you and I live with in the day and the age that we're in because there are many highly skilled people that are successful, that are earning money, that have great families and all the rest, but we know they're empty because they don't have the answer to life. Creation hasn't connected with creator, but when you do, all those other things become peripheral, but they actually all matter, Jesus says, because how we now live our lives, how we follow Jesus gives you and I the permission to create followers of Jesus. It's not our charismatic gift. It's not our public accomplishments. Not even any of the great things we would do, even if it's done in his name, that determines his acceptance of us. The decisive issue Jesus is calling out here is obedience. That is why Pastor Tony preached a great message last week and we were reminded for this young man, finances was the thing. I've done everything else. Cool. How about this one thing? So maybe it is finance for you. Maybe it is trusting God to come early to serve on a Sunday. Do you know there's probably 60 odd people that came and prepared a way for you and I today that said, God, I don't have it all together, but I'm so thankful you've saved my life and given me gifts and I wanna help serve and build your house and so that other people can discover the wonder of God's goodness. Maybe obedience looks like serving. Maybe it's being in a group, allowing someone to actually ask you the real questions. Maybe obedience is giving someone a word of affirmation that God says, go speak to them. Maybe it's being obedient with your love, your care, your compassion for those in your workplace and your families that don't really get it and really have a good crack at you. (laughs) This is where conduct lines up with confession and the game changes for you and for me. Because Jesus knows, and I hope we capture today, that when we live with the confession of Christ and the conduct of Christ, not only is our salvation secure, but we now also have the ability to see other people's lives impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. And there are many stories a part of the body of Christ in our church where God has used other people and their conduct and their obedience to him 
to set other people free. And I've got a cool and an amazing and a powerful story of a young lady in our church by the name of Josie. So to reinforce what we're talking about and what Jesus is getting at, why don't you check out Josie's story? I'm Josie. I was born here, but I am a mix of Asian. So, I don't know, Asian fusion. She was 20 and she wasn't educated and unfortunately found herself working as an escort. That's how I was conceived. I wasn't just an accident, but I was like an accident accident, you know? It wasn't the safest environment. I was faced with a lot of mental and physical and, and, and sexual abuse, which I obviously as a kid, I didn't know all of that was wrong until you know, I look back and go, oh. You know, as a kid, I was supposed to be protected, and I wasn't. There were days where I wondered why I was born, you know. Um, yeah. In my teenage years, a lot of my self-worth was found in relationships with guys and alcohol and drugs and, I guess, putting a lot of pressure on relationships that aren't actually family. My mum passing away was unexpected. I was gutted because my idea of having her live with me and making up for lost time was no longer going to happen. I was looking at what to do with my life and this opportunity to board at Craig and Cherise's place opened up. The way that they did family was how family was supposed to be done. The kids laughed and loved me and the one rule that they had was that I had to go to church with them. I guess that's where my life kind of began. It was just people continuously turning up for me. They relentlessly smiled at me and cared for me and asked how I was without wanting anything in return. Then encountering so many people who just wanted to help me, you know, TC and Joe, my dad, my grandparents. This scripture hits, hits home every time. You know, like, I knitted you in your mother's womb. It's quite cliche, but I think um, it's like a contrast, the way I was conceived versus the scripture, because it's spoken with so much love and joy. And that in itself, like, is a constant reminder that he knew me before I was even born. I always thought, that you needed a certain gift to be able to disciple others or shine your light. If anything, the stuff that makes you feel ugly is actually the most powerful thing you could ever have. To me, that's what it's like to be truly known. Come on, let's thank Josie, <laughs> Craig and Shariza. You see a story like that, but I wonder what it actually took for Craig and Shariza to open up their home. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think it was cheap. Yeah. I don't think it was convenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was easy, but it was obedience to what God had asked them to do. And on the other side, we get to see this beautiful transformation take place. And I have the privilege of 
seeing Josie actually in the office every single week. And if you meet Josie, she's the most bubbly, outgoing, friendly, most infectious smile, and she is changing environments now. But in hindsight, we look back and she would have never have believed that could, that could be possible and it was because a family didn't just confess that they believe in Jesus. But they lived in a way where I'm not just following Him, but I'm committed to do what God's asking me to do to create followers of Him. Maybe your story's not like Josie's or Craig and Cherise's, but what is it for you? What is it for me? Where we've parked our faith at confession and God's saying, come on, it's time to realize that my grace is sufficient in your weakness. And even though you may not have it all together, which Craig and Cherise have said many, many times over, what they did have was a family that was willing to open their home. And in the doing so, a life was changed. So very quickly, how we live, what I would say, obedient in God's confession, God's conduct is, number one, you need to live, and I need to live committed to God's word and God's way daily. To the best of my ability, every day that I wake up, I say, Two very simple prayers. The first thing is, Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness in my life. I repent of my sin and I ask that you would save me. It's a daily decision to live in the grace of God, not just a one-hit wonder on an altar one day back when. I am 36 years old. I made a decision when I was three years old at a kid's camp. I remember at nine years old for the first time in my life, swearing on the... Uh, school field after school because someone stole my chatterings. Funny story now thinking back, but I remember it because that Sunday, it was a Friday afternoon, that Sunday, I didn't go to kids' church. I wanted to be in the real church because I knew the real church had an altar call and I wanted to be the first one up there because I didn't want to miss out on heaven. (laughs) I got baptised when I was 14 years old, but I've come to discover that none of us arrive and each and every day we need God's grace and we have to make a decision. So I pray that prayer and then secondly, I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide me into all truth. If He is who He says He is, which He is, He can be your guide. He can be my guide, but we've got to come back to aligning our lives to God's Word and God's way every single day. It's easier said than done, but Christianity is a daily decision. And Proverbs reminds us and encourages us in verse Three of chapter 16, when you commit your works to the Lord, when you actually submit them and trust them to Him, your plans will succeed if you respond to what? His will and His guidance. Every answer to every need is found in Him. And this is why He says, come, follow me. Because every single day, you and I need Him. And if we would commit to be obedient every day, just to pray a simple prayer like that and do our best to follow him, you watch what he'll do with your life to create followers of him. Secondly, obedient living when it comes to confession and conduct is this, that we would live committed to God's vision for our lives. (laughs) Live committed to what God sees, not just what you see right now. Because the truth is how you see your future will determine how you live your today. Society will try and get you and I to live the narrative of what we can see, but God and His Word says, be reminded 
as Jeremiah, a famous passage I'm sure you've heard many times over, says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Watch it. They are plans for what? Peace. Do you have peace? Because in Him you can. Not just plans for peace, there's plans for what? Well-being. Are you struggling with mental health or anxiety right now? Not only peace, but well-being can be your portion. They're not plans for a disaster, he says. There are plans for future and hope. Maybe you've lost hope. Can I encourage you that when you come back to following Jesus and aligning your life, and when we align our conduct to our confession, we start to see the reality of what God sees that the future is bright, that there is a better tomorrow, that you can get through. I'm sure Josie couldn't see it. But thank God, obedient, faithful people said, we're going to trust that your future is bright. And in our obedience, we're going to help you see it. And as she started to see it, and she will say this herself, there are still days where they are tougher than others. And she has to come back and say, I've got to commit to what God sees for my life, not just what I see for my life. So we've got to be committed to God's word and God's way daily. We've got to live God's, committed to God's vision for our lives. And then thirdly, as the team come and join me, I don't want you to be distracted. We need to live committed to who you're purposed to carry. So it's not only about me and Jesus and no one else. It's not only about, okay, now I've discovered Jesus, I'm discovering what He shows me for my life. In the showing me, we discover actually where we're at right now in our journey of faith. God's given you and I people we are purposed to carry. When we live confession and conduct, we actually realise the stuff going on in my life, Jesus is good enough. He's great enough and he's okay enough with who I am. But then far out, he chooses to give me people to carry. How good. (laughs) This is where you discover the wonder that you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to arrive. It's not about saying the right prayer or getting it all together. It's about following Jesus. And in the following, you start to discover patterns and you start to discover processes. You start to discover personalities of Christ where it's like, I can do this. And I know Craig and Sharice, they're a part of our South Campus and they've got a whole lot of stuff that's going on in their family. Far from perfect, they would say, but they knew that in the doing of life with Jesus, He had called them to be purposed to carry someone with them. And what that did, not just for Josie, but for them, changed the game because Jesus wants you and I to realise we're good enough and in our stuff, in our mess, in our year of come follow me, it's not just about following Jesus, but actually saying the exact same thing to those around us. Would you come follow me as I follow him? And you start to live empowered. We don't have all the time in the world, but there's a passage you can read later in Luke 5. You would have heard it if you've been in church. It's the story, a crazy story, where there's a house full of people. Jesus is in there doing Jesus things. And these crazy lunatics decide to open up the roof and lower a dude down so that Jesus could heal him. You know the story I'm talking about? We're just going to read one scripture because I think it reinforces this point. In in chapter 5, verse 18, it says this. 
some men took a man who was not able to move his body to Jesus. He was carried on a bed and they looked for a way to take the man into the house where Jesus was. There was a man who was not able to make his way to Jesus, so they carried him. There are family members. There are friends. There are work colleagues. There are people on your sports teams, the checkout legends at your supermarket that are yet to see how they could ever get to Jesus. And they need someone to say, I'm purpose to carry you. In fact, the way I would put it or what I've written down here is someone else's miracle will be fulfilled when you love them, when you live for them, and ultimately when you get the chance to show Jesus to them, not just through confession, but through conduct. I've discovered when I have a personal relationship with Jesus every single day, I have a belief that causes and creates action to take place. And I want to challenge every single person that this is a year where first and foremost, it's the starting point of following him. Brilliant. But God wants you and I to create followers of him because when we do what God has called us to do, heavenly authority is our portion here on earth. And 1 John sums it up brilliantly. 1 John 3 verse 18 to 19. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by what? Our actions. Because <laughs> verse 19 says it's our actions that will show that we actually belong to what we believe. <laughs> so we will be confident, watch this now, when we stand before God. Judgment day becomes celebration day. It's not a day to fear because I know I'm living with the God of all creation on the inside and I'm walking out the plans and the purposes you have. Though they stumble, they will get up again. That the reality for you and I is we can live excited for what's coming because we're not just saying one thing and doing something different. We're not just saying yes to the washing, but saying not really. We're not just saying yes to salvation. And then saying, not really, we're saying, we believe and our actions are going to reaffirm that the belief is not just for me and it's not just the get out of hell free card, but actually this is going to change my life. And Jesus wants every one of us to go on the journey of allowing Him to change us from the inside out so that we can create followers of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.